The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to this Wednesday morning edition of our podcast. Thank you for joining us as we take a few minutes out of God's word, out of our day today to be in God's Word. Um, if you're following along with us in Scripture, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 here in just a moment. Ephesians 5. One quick thing I want to mention to you as we're about to get into verse 1 and 2 of chapter 5 is tonight we will have our normal midweek service. We will be meeting in person in our auditorium. We are doing a Bible study. Uh, we've got a book we're going through titled Stop Trying, and we're looking at how to find the biblical identity God's given us in God's Word. And uh, so hope you'll, if you can join us tonight. Again, it's a discussional type setting, so it's more casual than your normal Sunday service, but that'll be tonight at 7 o'clock in the auditorium. At the same time, the teenagers will meet, start in the gym, the kids' club, start down the kids' wing, and uh, we'll have a great time with family ministry tonight as each one gets an aspect to be taught on their level, and we'd love to have you come. If for some reason you're unable to Ephesians is there's so much information, a lot of times the apostle, uh, most of the Pauline epistles, they're smaller, not as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and hath given himself for us and offered looks from a distance and sees the church, or looks from a distance and sees Christians and sees families. And please understand, I do not mean that these people should be perfect, because in our desire to put on a front that looks good, we have a tendency to then put on a fake front. We have a tendency to look right and have everybody look a certain way, but in reality, you get into the home and it's just rotting out from the inside out. And uh, so if we can put on a facade and our facade looks good, that has a tendency to what we believe is, is following Christ, which is not true. So I hope we understand that when we talk about imitating Christ, we're not talking about the perfection. He was impeccable. He was perfect. Um, he never sinned. And in that being stated, we can't. We, you know, I mean, that, that, we were real young when, that, when we broke that. So the fact is we can't imitate it that way. The point is there are some list of things. And so what he does is he mentions over the next several verses some ways we can imitate him. But I want to talk a little imitation just a little bit more. The, when I think of imitation, I think of how he'd respond around us to respond to things. And so it is husbands loving their wives, wives respecting the husbands, kids honoring. But it also takes into account that no family unit is perfect. So how do we apologize when we're wrong? How do we forgive when things go bad? How do we show unconditional love? This, I think that's a big thing with imitating Christ. We get the idea of imitating Christ as his perfection, but I think one of the things that we need to learn to imitate today is not striving to pretend we're perfect, but see, think about this. How much unconditional love does he offer to people who don't deserve it? Us. I mean, we don't deserve love. We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve heaven. And yet God, through Jesus on the cross, gave us heaven, offers us heaven if you've not been saved, but if you've been saved, is giving us heaven, continually offers forgiveness, grace, and then unconditional love, no matter where we are, no matter what we've done. That's the type of thing that we need to do when it comes to imitating Christ. The world is full of hate and frustration and fear and anger, and, and understandably so. Without God, can you imagine going through life with all of the chaos and all of the 
problems today without having Christ as your cornerstone. I, I just can't imagine that. And so when we picture this, it makes sense. The world's struggling right now. We should have a, you know some grace in that area towards them. So he tells us to be imitators as dear children. This is not just followers in the idea of, well, he's my boss or he's my Lord. He says as dear children. This is very much imitating like you would imitate your mom or your dad. All right. So I remember when we when I was real young, we're growing up in Michigan. And um, my mom and my dad, I was real young. My mom was teaching us that we should strive as men to try to imitate our dad. And I remember thinking, okay, so we're walking into a store. I don't even know where we were walking. I think it was into a store. And it had snowed the day before, which is pretty normal in winter in Michigan. And it was several inches on the ground. And, and here in Pennsylvania, that might have shut things down for us. Ah, we can get out, no problem. At least back there. So I remember he walked into this store. And all I remember is my mom laughing or chuckling at this that I'd taken her a little too seriously as I was attempting to walk in his footsteps. Again, I might have been five or six, but I was attempting to walk into his footsteps into the store. And I'm jumping because I'm just a little kid and I'm missing and I'm looking back at how I messed up the snow even more. And that's a simple premise, simple truth of the fact that we should strive to imitate God. You know, we do to an extent imitate those around us that we grew up with, but we should strive to imitate Christ. So he says in verse two, how to do this. He says, walk in love as Christ also loved us. And so he teaches us to walk in love towards others, towards people in our church, towards people in our family, towards people in the community, towards the world. Walk in love as Christ did, as Christ loved us. And here's what he says. He has given himself for us and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. The sacrifice to God was pleasing. It was sweet to God, which is what paid the price for our sin in the eyes of God, which God can now look down. He sees us as justified. He sees us as saints, as sinless, not because we are, but because the shed blood of Christ. He sees us through that. And what he says, this is what we should do. We should be, act like Christ as Christ loved us. And here's what he says. He's given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice. And that's really one of the pictures you're looking at here. To truly love somebody means there's going to be a level of sacrifice. Do you know to forgive somebody who's hurt you requires sacrifice? You know, the human mind says they've hurt me. I have every right to hold it over their head for the rest of their lives. And the fact is it only hurts me. But the human mind and the human world says that's normal. So for me to say, I'm going to set those things aside and I'm going to do this, you know, I'm, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I need to sacrifice, I want to say my right or my, my freedom, not my freedom, I'm going to sacrifice what I would do, my desires is the best way to put it, to be angry at somebody. Um, if, I, if someone comes to me and I'm going to offer grace and forgiveness, we read a while ago, Ephesians, you know, speak, giving edifying words, grace unto the hearers. Well, that, that, that's a sacrifice, you know. I mean, if I've been yelled at or hurt, every human side says, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind, I should sacrifice that. There are times it's just not worth it. One, it hurts us, it hurts them, it hurts the testimony of Christ. But more than anything, it doesn't show the love that Christ wants to offer. So when the world's flipping out at us and looking for truth, and one of the reasons I think, personally, I do believe this, one of the reasons I think the world gets frustrated with if I can put all of religion, you know, I'm not a fan of the term religion, but all of us in the Christian, in the churchy religious realm, and that's, that's all anybody in the world, the reason the world will look at even us and become frustrated is because they're surrounded by a lot of fake. And I'm not talking our church or even our type of church. I'm talking there's different religions out there, most of them empty. And many of these people have tried these larger works-based religious institutions and found them to be completely empty. And in doing that, it becomes discouraging, it becomes frustrating. And when you look at all of that, you think, well, this is empty, this is pointless, and it makes you even more angry. 
or empty or discouraged, where if they could be surrounded or meet people like us who do show Christ's love, they're going to say, wait a minute, that's, that's not what I've seen in all the other areas. And so one of the reasons that Christ desires for us to imitate him like that in this earth is that the world will see a uniqueness, a difference that it doesn't see in the world today, doesn't even see in religion today. And that is what he wants us to be able to show. So let me challenge you today. Today, in the time that you want to respond poorly, in the time that you're hurt, the time you say, I just don't want to forgive, I don't want to be kind, I don't want to do this, may we strive that, may we strive to imitate Christ today. It's not always going to be easy, but it is what he wants us to do, and, and we need his grace. So pray for his filling of the Spirit, pray for grace as you go today to whatever comes your way, that you would imitate Christ in that to the best of your ability with the power of God. Well, thanks for joining us on this Wednesday morning, giving me a few minutes to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate that. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Again, I invite you to join us tonight in person at 7 or online at 7 o'clock. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.